Beth Peretta is the team principal of Peretta Autosport and owning her own race team is the realization of a longtime dream. Thanks so much for joining us. Where did this dream come from? Well, I think the origin really was when I was working in racing myself and saw that it was something that was exciting and uh, there was so many more layers to it than I think as a fan sees at home. And I started being a race fan when I was five years old, you know, flipping through the channels on TV. I didn't grow up in a racing family. So I found it on television and was, uh, it was, I found it magnetic and, and it just drew me in. And, um, you know, years later then joined, I, I raced a little bit myself, you know, amateur, uh, you know, a bit here and there, but really enjoyed just work being around teams and helping teams out. And then eventually through my automotive career, found my way to professional motorsport and, uh, by living it and realizing that there was, uh, there were a lot of places where women could be and that we knew that there's some women in racing, but there was probably uh, room for more. Yeah. A lot of times we say, if you see it, you can be it. You really didn't have the opportunity to see it. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, been, there's been women drivers, there's been a handful of women mechanics or some, some women engineers. So I think as, and then as it, you kind of make your way through the ranks, you start to meet them and then you get, and then we all know each other. Right. Um, And then I had the other perspective of working for a car company and knowing that they actually use racing as a tool either to uh, attract talent, you know, as like a hiring tool or to retain talent. And then at the at the best example of it, um, most car companies, if they have a racing program, will rotate their best and brightest, either engineers and then uh, the other roles, too, because there's so many skills you can sharpen, uh, you know, when you're working in a race program. So they might do like a two year rotation with a racing program, you know, you work for Chevrolet and then you work for two years on the IndyCar program and then you rotate back into engine development. And, um, and that's a very real thing and has been for years. So I, I wanted to kind of tell that story and lift the veil. And, and if that was a way to maybe get some more women, um, involved in working for car companies or in industry, then that's a win too, because there's been, uh, there's been this depletion of talent over the past you know, 10, 15 years, you've got engineers retiring at a faster rate that they're being replaced. And so I saw that firsthand because I worked for one of the big three. You talk about your past life, quote unquote, working with car manufacturers. That's actually where you ended up first meeting Roger Pinsky, right? So are there skills and relationships that have helped you with Pred Autosport? I think, I mean, I remember this even in, in graduate school, you know, they would always try to impress upon us about your network, your network and building your network. And um, and everybody, the, the negative way of saying that is it's all who you know. Yeah, absolutely. But you kind of forget how many people you know. And we all have a network. And it's uh, critical in all business to uh, maintain relationships. I mean, all you have is your own integrity and your own reputation. So if you work on making sure that that is, you know, uh, five star, then hopefully as you meet people and build the network, you keep them in your network. And yeah, I've had opportunity just by staying in contact with people that I've met along the way. But the, I think the flip side of that, that people need to remember too, is that then when you are in a position to help somebody else out in that network, you have to be able to do that. You have to return those emails and those texts and, and do those favors if you can, when called upon. So you have to be a good member of your own network. You mentioned putting your reputation on the line. It's quite a bold move to put your reputation on the line, putting your name on a race team, Peretta Autosport. Is that scary? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, yeah. I mean, your reputation, that's, you know, you're leading that. And, and you know, was I an unknown quantity to everybody here? Yes. So, yeah, maybe fans might not have known my name, but the people at Chevrolet, the people at IndyCar, uh, Roger Penske, I mean, you know, they've known me for years. So that that wasn't a leap of faith because they had confidence in me. And, and frankly, having... The, having people like that have confidence in you, of course, makes you feel like it's not so much of a harebrained scheme. But um, making the decision to put my name on it, I didn't take lightly. And I actually called one of my cousins, uh, who's an attorney, who uh, her maiden name is Peretta. And I called her just to say, you know, what do you think? Because I didn't think that I should make that decision on behalf of the family on my own. Both my parents have passed away. And that was part of the other reason, too, is kind of a tribute to my parents and my brother who who um, who are gone. And, and that idea of, you know, they're still with me because, we're, you know, we're all a product of of everybody that's been around us. And, you know, and so that idea of having a nod to them, that's really it's kind of a wink to to my parents who aren't here and my brother who's not here um but i did i did run it by some members in the family before i just boldly pasted it on the side of you know on everybody's shirt i will say the first time i saw it because obviously i'd work on the logo and all that all the details people don't realize the minutiae the details that go in and especially i mean let's be clear when you're partnered with uh team penske there and everyone will attest the the level of detail that Team Penske um, uh, really goes to and makes sure is perfect. And they have the, the wonderful people on their team who manage that. And I was able to tap into that resource for some advice and some um, some ordering uh, um, help. Uh, but it's a lot of little decisions. So, you know, t- you make it look easy, but it's it's kind of like the duck who's p- paddling furiously under the water. Um, but when I came here for the open test was the first time that I saw my name on all of the where everything was set up in pit lane. And, you know, because, of course, you see the mock ups ahead of time. But to actually see the stuff in real time and then to see people walking around with shirts on with your name on them. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird at first. How often have you just stood there in awe of seeing your name plastered on a car? Um, I probably haven't done it enough. I think that we're so busy and I'm so focused. And I think, you know, people keep saying that I get texts and and emails from everywhere. In fact, I'm still replying to them because there's so many. Um, And uh, everybody keeps saying, enjoy it, enjoy it. And I am. Um, But in fairness, when you're in the middle of the hurricane, especially when there's still some days ahead of us, um, the focus is so intense on the job that's still coming up and the, the, the job at hand that I think most racers would tell you that. And even though, yes, I'm not sitting behind the wheel, I think we all would kind of refer to ourselves as racers because we're all, we all have a hand in what's going on today and what's going on race day or qualifying day. You know, we all have our role. Um, and I think we're still in it. So to actually reflect and take those moments to look at stuff, those are just fleeting right now, you know, because uh, we didn't come this far to only come this far. You tried to come this far a few years ago with Grace Autosport. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. A lot of people would have given up. What made you pick up the pieces and try again? Oh, man, if everybody knew the actual story behind the scenes of what's gone on in the past six to eight years uh, and and why I didn't give up. I think I, it's because I say there's a fine line between being tenacious and stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day. Um, I mean, I've always been tenacious. Um, and I, I don't know if what that is. Like, I, I honestly couldn't tell you where that comes from. You know, I've so probably, you know, but... Um, 
you know, Stacy, who works on, on our team, I've known since the first day of kindergarten. Um, so she might be a better reference and she'll tell you that like, this is not new. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I think, you know why I didn't give up or I, I made a different run at it. And, and you can say this, you could apply this to life and business is, um, because I believed in the idea. I knew I didn't, I never questioned that the idea was wrong. I questioned, um, and, and in fairness, you know, cause I spent a lot of years describing it and some people got it. The people who didn't get it, I think just were people that might not have had the imagination and needed to see it because I do appreciate, I mean, you know, I've gone, I've been living this for so many years. I do appreciate that. I'm looking at this with my lens and whoever I'm talking to is looking at it through their lens. So if you're an older, respectfully, if you're an older white guy, you're not, um, not helpful. You're not trying to not be helpful, but you might not realize that it matters or why it matters because that's not where you are. That's not your perspective from where you're sitting. And that's really not your fault that you have a different perspective. We all have our own where it becomes your fault is when the conversation starts and you're unwilling to listen to the conversation and maybe engage in it. That's, that's it. But the fact that, you know, we always say, yeah, if you can see it, you can be it. And for the most part in the United States, white men have always seen themselves um, and as I, as I'm fond of saying, but that's not their fault either. Like, so, you know, if somebody that's born a white man, they, he was born that way. So it's not his fault that he doesn't realize that it matters to see yourself because he doesn't know life any other way. But now that we talk about it, that guy can say, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Now I, I see what you're saying. Like, or, or I'm trying to see what you're saying. You're not, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but I think we've just all, anyone who, um, has been, uh, and, and listen, yeah, ultimately do, do, am I tired of talking about this? Of course. Yes. We're all tired of talking about it. But hopefully soon we don't have to. And I think that's the beautiful thing about racing is it's a meritocracy. You know, I mean, we qualified. Yes, we qualified 33rd. It was because we had a balance issue on the car. It, we didn't qualify 33rd because there was a woman holding the lollipop. So... You know, and anyone who's a proper racing fan understands the struggle that we had Sunday. You could look to Will Power and see the struggle. This is a man who's won it. This is a man who's a champion, who is a fantastic wheelman, who's been full-time in IndyCar for years and years and years. And look how much faster in four laps he was than Simona. They were, you know, a hair away from each other. Uh, you know, and, and Will hit the wall because the setup was, he was struggling in that car. Um, so... The, but ultimately, this is a meritocracy. It's a it's a clock. That's it. It's a clock. We talk a lot about how you're putting the women on your team forward, but you have a lot of male allies as well. Why is it important for you, for women and, and men alike, to see that you are having these relationships between men and women that are both important? Uh, well, I think... The way that this was, my, my idea of this team and how it would start and how we kind of get our legs under us always included being teamed up with a, with a, um, a, an existing team. And we would always have this mentor-mentee relationship at first. Because if I'm grabbing these women, because the reality is there aren't enough women right now in IndyCar, if I were to even steal them from other teams, which you don't want to do. But even if I did, there aren't enough women to make a whole team. So the way that I was going to always build this team was to grab them from, hire them from other series. Um, so they might be in IMSA, they might be in, um, 
world challenge. They might be in Formula One. They could be in, you know, in WEC. So because you're grabbing them from other series, there's still going to be a learning curve. They need to learn this car. They need to learn this rule book. They need to learn the other teams on the grid and the cadence of IndyCar. So no matter what, you're everybody would be new to this. Even if I was taking some women that might have been in cart but took a couple of years off to have a baby, which is a real thing, uh, everybody kind of needed was going to be um, looking at all this with fresh eyes. So the the best way to be successful is to team up with people that are veterans who know IndyCar inside and out. So part of my budget was doubled up on on personnel for that reason, so that I, all of those seasoned veterans would be matched to the the newcomer, and it would be that apprentice you know relationship where they might work together for a year or two years until that skill set is brought up. So. The importance of women working with men, I mean, again, this is a reflection of society. You know, life is co-ed and you can look at any sector. And ideally, more companies are being uh, more proactive about getting more women integrated and on boards of directors and um, in upper management because of wanting um, just shared perspective. But we couldn't do this without the technical alliance. We could be here without the technical alliance of Team Penske, but we couldn't be doing this well or having... Um, being on this this pace of acceleration, you know, I mean, this partnership with Team Penske has been invaluable, and having these seasoned men teaching these women is, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold. It's a high rate of acceleration in terms of learning because you brought over women that have never touched a race car, have never been to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Right. What has this training program been like for the past four or five months? So some of these women uh, had gone through the NASCAR Technical Institute, so they had an interest in racing in general, but honestly, very much stock car. In fairness, because where Team Penske is located down in Mooresville, North Carolina, so you're kind of in the heart of NASCAR country. Um, in fact, our tire specialist, Sarah, you know, worked for 17 years NASCAR teams. So, uh, but then we had, because of the, uh, the task of going over the wall and the physicality of that, we also then looked for people who were athletic and were athletes. Um, if they had mechanical experience, great. And that's a tough combination. Men, woman, I mean, that's a tough combination to find. In fact, like if you look at the NASCAR model, they actually are mostly athletic that just go over the wall and they're not necessarily repairing the car. Um, the repairs that you kind of do on, on a, on a cup car or any stock car is, um, you know, it's not as, um, the repairs that we do on a cup car are not as, uh, technic, you know, it's not, well, I should not go down that road. Rubber mallets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get the tape. Um, the amount of training that these women have gone through since January is, or actually, honestly, the end of January, so we really should say the beginning of Febu February, has been um, nothing short of intense. And um, it, it was finding these women. We started with nine. We whittled it down to six. And uh, a combination of athleticism and mechanical aptitude. And But, yeah, one of our women um, was really more... Uh, we, were able to find her because of her athletic ability, but she knew nothing about racing. She'd never been to a racetrack of any ilk. Um, and she now loves it, which is like, you know, of course, dream come true for me. Um, but the other women uh, have had, had some NASCAR experience because of course, Team Penske is located in Mooresville, North Carolina. So it's kind of the heart of NASCAR country. So some of them uh, are currently in the NASCAR Technical Institute. Some of them are graduates of that. Um, so they were kind of a, a great combination of having an understanding of what the job is and an interest 
right? Because who wants to do this? Hopefully now this is planting seeds that, you know, we get more. I mean, I've already had a lot of resumes, but we'll see what happens after Sunday. Maybe we'll get some more. If there's a new race fan listening today, that woman who had never been to a racetrack before, what is she doing now? And what's her name? Her name is Amanda Freyer. And she is changing our outside rear tire. Amazing. Yes. And, th- and in fairness, if you know anything about an IndyCar pit stop, the outside rear is the most physically, I mean, it, you're, you're running, you have to wait for the car. You're, you're standing along pit wall. You wait for the car to stop and then you run around it, slide onto your knees and then change a wheel and uh, change a tire. And the, just so everybody knows, I mean, that's like a 38 pound, you know, front is about 32, rear is 38 up to 40, depending. And it's, uh, uh, you're taking it off with one arm and putting the new one on with another arm. So like all of us tend to have a dominant side. That's not the case here. You have to be pretty ambidextrous, ambidextrously strong and nimble and and exact, right? Because what makes a good pit stop, it's being smooth, being fast and consistent. And these women have it. Parada Autosport has made the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gainbridge. I see the smile on your face. What will race morning be like for you? You know, I always say that my job ends when the green flag drops because I had to do everything to get it here. Um, I think that's when I'm going to soak it in. I think that's when it's going to hit me. People keep, you know, saying things like, do you realize what's happening? And um, I was able the other day through, through somebody to, hear that Janet Guthrie was excited. Uh, I heard that Anita Milliken was excited. Those are the things that, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, there's, there's some firsts out there, but there's a lot of people who had it a lot harder than we did, you know, and we're aware of that. And I hope that all of those women that work so hard for their journey um, know that this team is theirs too. Beth Peretta, team principal for Peretta Autosport. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Katie. I'm Katie Kyle. That's On Track with Diversity for the NTT IndyCar Series.